I'm telling you, check it out. Get the client. It's there. It's there and done. You've tried it. You know it works. You're you're happy with it. Just give it a shot. <clears throat> that doesn't answer my question. It's a yes nope, or no it question. Doesn't. Specifically, doesn't. <laughs> Does not address your question at all. Like like I didn't even hear it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to episode 118 of PHP Ugly. I'm your host, Tom Rideout. With me here, as always, is Eric Van Johnson. Hello, Thomas. Hey, hey. And working while he's supposed to be podcasting is John Congdon. How did you become the host? That's what I want to know. Because you spoke I first? Was, yeah. The person no. who talks first is the host. Wrong. Is that how that works? What, yeah. What are you doing, John? Why, why can't we get your attention? Well, I'm trying to boost sales for Wave PHP, so I figured let me try advertising on Facebook to try and get more ticket sales. Because it's less than four weeks away. I'm freaking out. I got to tell you. <laughs> it's, it's super getting super stressful now, yeah. I just think it would have been a better use of time to do that maybe a month ago. But hey, who who am I to judge? Well, you I'm didn't not bring judging it up. you. Did you bring it up? Uh, I, I don't recall you bringing no, it I up. Didn't. I didn't bring it up. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> not quite sure. Are you are you getting excited? I am. I was talking to my wife about I it tonight, too. coming up with plans for her and the kids while I'm off doing the conference stuff. Oh, my, my wife uh, came up to me and already told me, she's like, so listen, I get off at, at 8 o'clock on, uh, what day was it? I think she said she gets off at 8 o'clock on that Wednesday, so I can be down at the Bahia by like 9, 10 o'clock, and I'll help you guys with, with registration and check-in. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't even ask you to do that. That's fantastic. That's awesome. So, you tell yeah, her we have she's, like she's 17 all... people helping us uh, with registration already? <laughs> yeah. Let, let me just put it out there. I appreciate everybody offering to help, uh, especially the, you know, and I understand like the ideas, you know, you help with the conference, you, you get a free pass. I appreciate all that. We have literally all the help we, we actually need right now. <laughs> and then some. So uh, thanks, thanks for everybody who's offering. Um, you know, most of the Diego dev team will be there and we have uh, a few other volunteers helping out. So I do appreciate it. I mean, I'm not being sarcastic. I do appreciate everybody reaching out saying, Hey, I can't afford a ticket, but I'd be willing to do some volunteer work. And, you know, I, I've been kind of putting those people off because as, as the conference got closer, we needed to see where we were with ticket sales, where we were with volunteers and uh, unfor- well, fortunately for us, unfortunately for others, it's we're actually really good with volunteers right now. Yeah, we're actually recording this Thursday night, and we have a big meeting tomorrow morning with the the Bahia Resort, which is where we're hosting the conference. But Thomas, you'll appreciate this. This morning, I had a new appreciation for businesses around the world. So go on, Eric. Eric and I, you know, we have contractors that that work for us that do lots of great work but it it comes down to there's a three-day conference coming up do you do you pay contractors to go to said conference even if they're willing to 
take time off to volunteer to help with the conference. And go ahead. Look like I, you I'm want not... to say something. No, go on. <laughs> it, it it's hard. From my perspective, I'm like, they're they're not working. They're they're taking the the time off. I don't have to pay. I don't want to pay. And Eric's like, no, you need to pay them. <laughs> they're gonna be learning. They're vo- they're they're learning. They're volunteering. You need to pay them. <laughs> I'm like, are you sure? Well, te- 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 technically, we they're to... not volunteering and, anymore. And, and... But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm 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 glad you're putting it out there. Who's on uh, who's on whose side with this? I, I figured sure you would want to be. Say, I'm not sure detractor. why he's putting that out there. <laughs> no, it, it's it's really hard. I, I I can see from business owners' perspectives, it's a lot of money when you start thinking that's three full days. And people that are traveling from outside of San Diego, it's probably five full days when you start considering travel days and hotel expenses. It's a lot of friggin' money. Yeah, I stretched it out to like nice. seven. <laughs> Smart. I'll be I'll be at the Bahia all week. <laughs> Very nice. I, I hope you have I hope you Great. have the work. Uh, I hope work's paying for it. <clears throat> Yo, they got yeah. me. They got me covered. So that makes it. We found out recently. According to somebody that's trying to book a hotel now, the I'm assuming the room nights of Tuesday night have sold out. So when we when we negotiated the the rate for the conference, we didn't think there'd be a ton of people going to the tutorial day because from the conferences I've attended, tutorial day is light and then the main conference picks up. So when we decided, okay, we're gonna have X number of rooms Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. We went lighter on Tuesday night. So if you can't get the conference rate for that night, I am so sorry, but unfortunately nothing yeah. I can do about it. Yeah, point. we we had to, we had to commit to room blocks and room blocks cost us money. And so yeah, we were just uh we were just doing our best guesstimation at that point. Being the first year, that's probably been one of the most stressful things right there is how do we get the rooms booked? So the fact that Tuesday night is completely booked, fantastic. Wednesday, Thursday, <laughs> we need to work on. <laughs> did you guys? Did you guys sell tickets just for the tutorial days, and then not sell tickets for the, like, was it a separate package? So we've got everyone's coming on tutorial days, and no one's coming for the conference. No, no, it was uh, an escalation of room nights. So we did a much smaller block Tuesday night because I didn't see a lot of people coming in Tuesday for the Wednesday tutorials. And then we decided, okay, Thursday, Friday, there's going to be a bigger crowd. So there'll be people Wednesday and Thursday night. We will basically guarantee a room block those nights over Tuesday night. If that makes sense. Yeah. 26 days away. I'm going to tell you, if anybody's out there interested in what it takes to put together a conference and all the kind of ins and outs... Tweet us at PHP Ugly in the next week or two. I think John and I are pretty open and transparent about it, and uh, I'd love to talk about it. I, I could I could probably talk about it all show, but I don't want to bore people with with the minute details. Yeah, but if you're interested, if there's, if there's particular things that you're interested in, let yeah. me know uh, yeah. or let us know. Just tweet us at PHP Ugly with your question about Wave PHP and and you know 
whatever your question is and we'll be sure to answer it for you and I, I, we won't respond to the tweet i'll just let you know we'll talk about it on the show uh so that you know it's not just like a hunt whatever the character limitation is for t twitter is now but we'll we'll talk about it the i think so is is it up to 280 now anyway uh, go <laughs> on a separate note going back to wave php there are so many PHP conferences. This was probably our worst year. We've been putting it off for so five many new years. ones. This was the worst year to jump into this because there are so many, so many new ones. And then getting a don't want to get into it too much, but getting a little bit of um, is it lashback or you know some people saying they're a little frustrated that there's so many conferences coming into the game. Yeah. Which is causing problems. I, I will. I, I will say in our defense, and we've talked about it in the past. John and I. I feel yeah. like John and I were one of the first ones to throw our hats in the ring for "quote unquote" the new conference. And before we did that, we reached out to all the existing conferences that we could think of, talked to them, and said, "Hey, we're thinking about doing a conference. You know, when are you going to hold your conference? We don't want to overlap. We don't even want to come close to your dates." And we've kind of we kind of talked through through it with a lot of the established conferences, uh, so that's actually one of the reasons why we we chose the date we chose and chose it so late in the year, which I think was I'm starting to think was was a mistake, yeah. But but mistake. then all of a sudden, you yeah, know, definitely. half a dozen other conferences spring up and just start scheduling like crazy. It's it's been nuts, so. But you got sunshine in a private. Beach. I still think what? of all the conferences. I look <laughs> at our lineup. I look at our location. This would be the this would be the community conference I'd want to come to. I mean, granted, I'm not saying we we hold a candle to any of the bigger conferences like Zend or Symphony or even the PHP Arch conferences. But as far as the small community conferences go, this one looks very appealing to me as a developer. <laughs> Definitely. It's almost like it was tailor made for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did so today we, we did purchase our lanyards and our bags, so we're 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 in that path. We're we're getting into the final we're couple finalize weeks or four the weeks now. T shirts. So uh, much to get done now. And uh, a few other things. But yeah, we there's a it's gonna be quite the sprint. Yeah. This last month is gonna be quite the sprint of you know, getting things done and, and coordinating things. Oh yeah, it'll be fine. I got faith in you guys. <laughs> I'm more nervous. Sorry, it, it's funny. So one of the, one of the conversations John and I shared recently shouldn't. was, uh, I, I've already been preparing um, our our office herder, wrangler, and assistant Emily, my daughter as well. I've already been preparing her to the future mayor of Pally, Emily. That uh, she was going Future to need to learn Emily. the route to the airport because she was probably going to have to go pick up uh, speakers, and I would I would show her that the, the route. Uh, and I always the one thing I always read about conferences is make sure your speakers get to the hotel, like either arrange transportation or pick them up yourself. And so I had always always embedded that in my head. If okay, I'm just going to go. We'll just pick them up at the airport and bring them. And I realized, I think it was like yesterday, maybe that John and I never talked through that. And I just, I had told John, I'm like, 
I'm like, yeah, you know, you know, we'll we'll pick pick them up at the airport. And John's like, wait a minute, we're what? We're, what are we doing? I'm like, and, and I mean, to John's point, the airport is like literally five, <laughs> ten miles from the hotel, and it's, it's not. Yeah, it's it's not six, far. Yeah. It's not far at all. But they don't. Yeah, they don't know that getting getting like an Uber or Lyft at the San Diego airport is a little wonky because you actually have to go up on the second level where they do uh, passenger drop off, and so it's, it's kind of wonky if if you don't know the airport. And so I'm just like, no, I'll, I mean we'll just go pick them up. It's it's not that big of a deal. I'll I'll uh, get the truck detailed and we'll just uh, pick everybody up. But yeah, it's little little details like that are starting to come up. Like, okay, you know, how, how are we going to do this and how are we going to do that? So, so that sounds... are you gonna are you gonna get your truck wrapped with the Wave PHP logo? Awesome! One of those stickers. The, One of those advertising wrap. Yeah, I think I could write yeah. off the mileage at that point. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I can write off the mileage. <laughs> I I think you can write off the mileage either way. <laughs> You <laughs> just saying that whole that whole thing about making sure the speakers make it to the hotel sounds like a hard learned lesson. It really but, does. Like, <laughs> not, into, not, but not to me. Not in today's economy. Not not in today's world. The people, especially speakers of these conferences, are younger, usually younger people that know how to get around. It's not that difficult to get yeah, from but... an airport to a location. It's not but that when... hard. When the number one thing you have to think of is make sure the speaker gets to the hotel, it sounds like speakers have been lost and never found again at other conferences. <laughs> I just don't see that. Yeah. But, Dan's just gone. No one's ever seen him since. Okay, but your conference is nothing without the attendees either. I mean, yes, yeah, speakers are important, and I appreciate them wanting to come out, but... The attendees have to get there too, and hey, they can figure listen, out how to get from any point a to any point speaker B. who happened to be listening to this podcast. It's... I got your back. Don't worry about John. I'm your friend here. I got your back. <laughs> Just... <laughs> you'll, you'll. I don't know. You'll, I mean, if, you, if you lose one attendee, it's not a big deal. But if you lose one speaker, people start going crazy. We've got backups. <laughs> <laughs> In case one dies. Or ends up in Mexico. We've got backups. So, I have a question for you guys. Sure. Not changing gears. Not not changing gears too much. I said I, I was getting the lanyards and the bags today, and I put those in my cart at the service, thinking, "Let me get them." It's a long process. You're you're adding logos. You're saying how many, what the quantity, the colors, the the shipping time frame. There's a lot of information going into these sites. But they don't let you log in until you purchase, so they don't save what's in your oh, cart. What a pain! And that seems insane. That's frustrating because I mean it's easy enough to change the timeout of a session, mm. but even outside of a session in PHP, that kind of information should be stored in local storage or some other way to re mm. regroup and get the information you need for your cart. And it almost made me want to not go back to this site because I'm like, I did all this work and decided I'm going to give it, you know, a few hours. Maybe I'm going to go look at other sites. <laughs> I actually, it yeah, was near the end of my work yeah. day. So I went out and spent time with my kids yeah. and then I come back to, to finalize my order and the, nothing's there. So I had to do, do it all over again. I was, 
is this is that something you've taken into account in the past in projects you've worked on oh yeah no i i built a, a ticket printing website that you had to customize hundreds of features before we could approve your your final product and that was designed as a transaction where the item was in your cart as soon as you started designing it mm-hmm. and we recommended that you log in when you started designing it to save any progress and we had well, serialized objects representing the whole thing and well, yeah, that, that's that my question I'm like I'm wondering if it's some sort of sales sales manipulation where it's like okay you know you, you don't have a lot of time to think about this you have to purchase it or else it's going to go away and you have to start the whole process over. but I didn't get- I wouldn't be surprised but I didn't get any of that. That was the frustrating part. Yeah, yeah. And actually, there was a there was a problem on the order form where I think because you could either just upload artwork or you could design from scratch. And I think as I when I first started, I uploaded artwork and I'm like, oh wait, I can design it and actually see what it's going to look like. So then I went down a another rabbit hole. But because they still had information from the first part, when I actually got down to submit the order, it was like. Oh well, we need this information, but I couldn't get to that information because it wasn't on the screen anymore. Mm. So well, I actually a lot of up... a lot of these fulfillment houses and printing houses are on the internet because you have to be. Mm-hmm. So they've got they're the kind of company that does the minimum investment to get on the internet. But it's frustrating because I went through this and then I got stuck. I tried typing to their online. They had a little pop up like, "Hey, if you need help, we're right here." So I'm like. Um, I tried placing my order and I got this error and they're like, before they responded, I called the phone number on the site and then while I'm on the phone with oh them, my God. they respond saying, oh, we think you should just call in and <laughs> call this phone number. Oh like, my God. I'm already on the phone <laughs> with them. We're off air. Thanks for, thanks We're for nothing. <laughs> oh, jeez. We never, uh, Eric never put never us on air. That's all right. Jeez. So, so I go through all of this. I'm talking to somebody on the phone on the phone and he's like, "Oh, well you should just do the easy order form." I'm like, "But then I can't see the product I'm creating." And he's like, "Well, this is it's easier this way because he's from a call center. He doesn't really know all the products. He just happens to answer the phone for this specific <laughs> website." I'm like, "Doesn't know any product." <laughs> right. And then I'm looking at it, and, and to see a digital proof, I got to pay another ten dollars on top of the rest of the order, what? just to just for them to send what? this to me. And that's I'm like, bullshit. I'm like, oh, you're uh, killing me here. So that's kind of why I that's kind of why I left it this morning, and then came back to it tonight and realized, oh, if I had just continued down my original mm-hmm. path, I would have gotten all the information I needed, and I wouldn't have triggered an, a warning in there their system when i clicked continue so i got past it but it was just so frustrating that when when you have a lot of branching logic when you go to check the order form you need to know where they're at and not say oh well you started on path a and you didn't give me all the information even though you decided to go down path b later and i think that's where i got stuck i don't know for sure but i'm pretty confident that's where they screwed up so, long story short, that's why the Lanyards say uh, uh, Nomad PHP. <laughs> well, well, they weren't supposed to? No, it's supposed to say Wave. No, no it's actually it's, that's that's the, a sponsor. A sponsor picked up the Lanyards, so it's a sponsor's uh, a product on there. Mission, co- mission Control. Mission, yeah. Oh, nice. Yep. 
So yeah, I, I was actually. So we'll we'll talk we'll talk more about that. Yeah, I was actually a little. I, I I'll I'll be completely honest. I, and I told John I was actually a little bummed because I was excited at the idea of either either having Diego Dev lanyards or having uh having Wave PHP lanyards. I'm I'm appreciative. We could have put both on. We could have put both on there. It could have been Wave PHP and Diego Dev side by side, like yeah. alternating throughout it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, or you could just like buy fifteen lanyards. No, they're like seven hundred dollars a piece when you buy them separately, but they're like three cents a piece when you buy them like a hundred at a time. <laughs> neither neither of those numbers it, are accurate. They're, they're, Trust they're, me, I just went they're ballpark. <laughs> they're ball. They're ballpark numbers. <laughs> Yeah, Eric. Eric writes to me uh, like a few days ago, telling me that he's got sponsorship money for lanyards. And I'm like, we didn't discuss this. What are you What are you charging for it? Turns out it was in our prospectus. Of the day, I know. Right? I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm like, I had no idea. The guy said that uh, the the sponsor said that it, you know he asked for a prospectus, and I sent it to him, and he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do the lanyards plan. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and Eric didn't think this sounds. Say, oh, sorry. Sounds taken. like you guys are well rested and have it all together. <laughs> well, I figured. I figured John put it in there for a reason. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's great. <laughs> well, well, we hadn't really discussed that we weren't selling the lanyard thing, so I was yeah. selling it. So, so we we appreciate it. Uh, you guys but, are going to sleep hey, for a month but, but, after this is over. But we're happy to have Mission Control right. aboard. Uh, one fun thing, I, John, I, I know Thomas. Uh, Thomas saw this because he um, he uh, mentioned something about it. But did you see the hashtag of uh, Laravel Sticker Contest 2018 going around? Uh, I did not. Um, the, oh, you're in. The for only treat. reason I bring this to your attention is. Uh, so they started this sticker contest. They started this hashtag Laravel Sticker Contest 2018, and people were posting all the stickers that they have on their laptops. And the reason I'm bringing it to your attention is because there were a couple that had PHP ugly stickers on them. <laughs> and, and it's weird because I just started seeing like the first really? one I saw in my stream was completely random. I'm like, hey, there's a PHP ugly sticker. And I'm, I don't even think I recognize the username on Twitter. I, I'm obviously following them because it came up in my stream. And then uh, a little while later, I think Thomas or somebody posted another one and said, hey, look, there's another one. And then I realized, yeah, yeah. oh, you know, somebody's doing this hashtag. And so I looked at looked at the hashtag. And, yeah, there were there were two. I think I think I saw two. There might have been three that had PHP ugly stickers on them. Where was this at now? Twitter. Uh, it, Twitter? It's a service online where you can post short messages and you can search for hashtag Laravel Sticker Contest 2018 and you'll see a bunch of uh, and, 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 wait wait posting. and Thomas Thomas tweeted something out? No, no, I mentioned it in the Slack channel. Man, I am so confused. I thought you tweeted something out and I'm like he never tweets. I tweet like once a day. You never tweet. No, that's more often than I do. You never tweet. And like the last week, you've been doing like back to back tweets. I tweet when I need help. That's when I tweet. <laughs> I'm like, I'm running into a very weird issue right now. Can somebody please give me guidance? So, so that's my like, my rubber. <laughs> you realize as you're, as you're sitting at tweet, like, oh, I got this. And then fix it myself. 
I'm yeah, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot right now. I've had a lot of unit testing issues lately. And I've had issues where unit tests would work in isolation, but as soon as I put the ran the unit test within my suite of tests, which is up, upwards of 1400 tests right now, it was failing and it was driving me nuts because I put the the tweet out there and I got responses from great people in the community and they're like let's well, cross test uh pollution so one test was affecting the other i'm like but this test is so easy it literally was like three tests in a php file that was 50 lines long and the only thing the test did was run an exec uh, to run a an external php program and then to parse the output from it and a Using exec is not the best thing, blah, blah, blah. But the whole point of the test was run this ex external tool that we have written to make sure we're getting the right output. And there there's was zero chance of cross-test pollution. And it was driving me nuts. So I, I throw the tweet out there and I have people trying to help me. And it turns out it was because my Docker container didn't have enough memory. Which is, I believe, what I said the problem was in the podcast last episode. You did not. I, well, I don't listen to the podcast. I listened to it twice. <laughs> I didn't know you... I wish you would have said it louder. I didn't know you could assign memory to Docker. I thought Docker container just took advantage of whatever the memory was in your... Oh, but you're saying in your PHP INI file, you didn't have enough memory assigned to the PHP. Nope. In Docker, you can, you can assign how much memory is available to it. Yeah, I think you can assign max available memory, so it, it, so your containers are uh, controlled. Yeah, so so when you go into at least Docker for Mac, when you go into the preferences, you have advanced, and you can say I have X memory, X CPUs, and I think by default it's plenty. It's two gigs of memory, but the tests are not that great, so they, they use a lot of memory. And then on top of that, forking into running exec commands uses more memory so it was just a, a bad problem easily solved by increasing memory mm. so i'm sorry i don't tweet more often i want to uh years ago i tweeted way too much and now i don't tweet enough <laughs> so it's weird i'm having an issue um i I've, i i had a friend reach out to me uh, really uh, a good, super talented developer, a good friend, worked with him uh, years back. And uh, he's actually working at uh, Facebook now. And so we had a fairly long conversation um, on, you know, catching up on what each other is doing. And so I, I, I made the decision. I'm like, you know, I need to, I need to Facebook again. I, I, I'd taken a long hiatus from Facebook. I been spending a lot of time filtering out my stream so my stream is almost like tolerable now like i can look at my stream and not lose my shit over the crap people are posting so i i'm like i need to and, and it's been that way for about a month and so i'm like you know i need to start posting to facebook again and i have straight up forgotten how to post to facebook like i can't even I can't, I can't think of anything good to... It's like, what What the hell do you post to Facebook? I have no idea what to post to Facebook anymore. So I, I've, I've completely fallen out of it. I, I have an issue where I, I've set up Twitter to auto-post to Facebook when I tweet. 
so I tweet when I need technical help, like I'm talking to people in the PHP community, and then it goes to Facebook, and then I get everybody on Facebook saying, "What the hell are you talking about?" Or <laughs> I have like no no <laughs> clue, <laughs> and it's it, it's just funny to me. I've I've seen your tweets that have the classic like super helpful I don't know as if you were asking each individual personally and they felt compelled <laughs> to respond. No, you're talking about Facebook, not Twitter. Yeah, no, I'm Facebook. Twitter, Twitter, you get the people understand that they're looking at the fire hose. Yeah, yeah. and the responses I get on Twitter are are, are helpful. On Facebook, it's ridiculous. It's like <laughs> no, you, you can just ignore these. <laughs> I put this out to people I, I want to respond to me, and you're not one of them. Sorry. So I might I might have hey I might have scored actually before I say this, what do you got behind you, John? You look like you have a new friend in your I, office. Well, well actually, yeah, I, I'm going to talk about that in a second. I want to also say <laughs> we started the we started the live stream late, so sorry if you're getting to the YouTube and it's late. I think it was kind of mentioned, but. We got a new, uh, a new, a little new friend back here. This was this was the gift from Carolyn. Carolyn, uh, I guess her her son has moved out and is going to college and left this behind, and it looks very familiar. <laughs> she says every time she looked at it, it is, she, she thought of the PHP Ugly logo. She's like, it looks like the yeah. PHP Ugly logo. It is an <laughs> elephant with the saddest eyes. <laughs> Just the the darkness inside him is more than just stuff. He's been defeated. Life has knocked him down, and he is not getting back up. Yeah. So she she immediately uh, thought of us, which was very very nice. Yeah, I'm gonna clean up back there and, and make it a little more prominent. But for now, it's gonna sit right there. I love it. I love that our take on the the PHP elephant. Is just that it's sad. <laughs> it's sad because you're listening to us right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this he's heard the the end of the episode where I cover the doom and gloom, and he's just done with it all. <laughs> so the re- the reason I, I I thought to look at that, I don't know if my buddy was was messing with me or not, but he was like, uh, he's like, so are you still into PHP? And I'm like, very much so, and and told him you know i have a business around it i do a podcast on it this and that he says yeah did you know we have a version of it here called hack and i'm like yes i'm very familiar and you know we're, we're just going back and forth he goes hey you want i got a couple of these hack elephants on my desk you want one and i'm like oh fuck yeah i want one are you fucking with me he's like all right i'll get i'll get one to you and i'm like what I don't know if he's messing with me. I might, <laughs> I might be getting one of those hack elephants, man. I'm so stoked. You, you didn't. You, you didn't ask for two, maybe three. I should have two, <laughs> maybe three. God. <laughs> Both dicks this episode. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm getting one yet. So if I actually get one, I, I'll, I'll push the envelope a little bit. But yeah, he, I mean, he's he he's a great guy. He's a uh, he's 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 ranking higher and higher on my friendship list let me just put it to you like that <laughs> but, but yeah if you, you have stuffed elephants but, you're you're in john's or eric's good graces but you didn't say hey look i have friends that have a collection up there <laughs> yeah because because eric is a collect like an avid collector yeah, I, I, 
It's Batman and him, PHP elephants. I sent him. I sent him the whole herd. I have, I have my herd up there. I I have one up there that. So the uh, um, round table, uh, PHP round table, sent us uh, two elephants, and he sent he he sent Our me two elephants. He goes, "Hey, I'm sending you one. You can keep one, and you can give one away to at Wave PHP." And I'm like, "But I can't. I can't keep one." And so we have we actually have two elephants to give away at Wave PHP this year because. Uh, I'm trying to not be selfish. Wait, what? What? what, what, what? I, res- I responded to that email as well, and I was told, nope, don't have any for you. <laughs> yeah, he gave, he gave all the last two Sammy, guys away. Sammy K. Sammy, come on now. Good man. Good man. Friend of the show, Sammy K. Well. You guys care about video know. games at all? I really don't. Uh, how do I answer this? You better be careful. You you answer very you carefully, about? young man. What video <laughs> games are you talking about? Well, it's it's been an interesting week for for video gaming tech. Uh, Steam announced Steam Play, which if you've seen how to get Windows games running on Linux, it's a giant pain in the ass. Well, now Steam is incorporating getting. Windows games running on Linux as part of their Linux distribution. So if really? you have Steam for Linux, you can opt into the beta and start running games like Doom on your Linux machine. And it just it should it's supposed to be just a one-click operation. Wait, Steam has more games than just Rocket League? Significantly more. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually their business model is games other than Rocket League. Really? Huh. So I'm excited about this cuz this is this is a huge bump for the Linux gaming community. It's it's not going anywhere. And uh first first thing they're just, they're just it, trying well, to sell might, their Steam. little Steam boxes is all they're trying to do. I mean, it's the Steam boxes are dead. They're not trying to do that. What what's what's the So are they incorporating is it wine they're using? I'm uh, so far out of things. I don't know if if they're using wine at this point or what. It's actually a large collection of things, and that's where it was really difficult in the past, is that you have to have wine, and then Vulcan, and then you have to have uh, all of this other platform-specific stuff, VK, D3D, OpenVR, Wine3D, eSync, um, DK, DXVK... Uh, and so the issue here is that all of these projects were existing and separate, and Steam, well, Valve came in and started committing patches to all these projects to add support for unifying everything together and improving performance, and it looks like what they've come up with is pretty amazing. Hmm. Um, DirectX we've 9 and DirectX 11 bridges. So many, as as an avid wrote, Linux desktop user, I've heard this promise for so many years. It's... It, I'm telling you, check it out. Get the client. It's there. It's there and done. You've tried it. You know it works. You're you're happy with it. Just give it a shot. <clears throat> that doesn't answer my question. It's a yes nope, or no it question. Doesn't. Specifically, doesn't. <laughs> Does not address your question at all. Like like I didn't even hear it. Uh, the other big yeah. news is is Nvidia released their RTX video cards, which now support real time ray tracing. Which is pretty spectacular, Except if you know anything about 3D you're, stuff. You're, you're talking Greek to me right now, so... 
Continue. Uh, it's it's cool. It's it's very noteworthy in the gaming community. Am I, am I the only one drinking tonight? No, hmm? no. I'm double fisting no, I'm, it here. I'm good. Am I? Okay. I'm, I'm way deep into this. So, that's that's a big deal. Their new video cards are coming out and uh, put everything else to shame, and can now calculate a new thing called giga rays, which is thousands of ray traced elements, which is pretty cool. So that that vision of uh, Toy Story being rendered in real time is pretty much here now. Hmm. <clears throat> Did you see that? That I'm switching gears because I don't. I'm not a gamer. Because my story really. sucked. <laughs> no, just because I'm not a gamer and I really don't care. So I'm moving on for the rest of our fans that aren't gamers either. Did you see that that GitHub open source their load balancer? And do you know anything about it? I know nothing about it. Well. I did see that story, but yeah, I don't know anything about it. Are you guys, are you thinking about using it? No, there's so much information in here that I haven't taken the time to fully understand it. I mean, when I, when I saw that, I'm like, it's a load balancer. I mean, how, how much, how, although now I say that and I was, I don't know if you guys uh, were uh, familiar. This is more of an operations thing, but uh, there was a, product that came out and when i was in enterprise we actually got an early release of it and i fell in love with this damn thing and i never knew i could be so in love with a smart router as i was with these f5 machines have you guys ever heard of the have, f5 machine i have, the f5? I have. oh my god I, I had I spent hours on these things and, and the first the first version we had was uh was a six U six in Iraq. So if you holy if you're crap. not familiar yeah, uh, maybe it was a three U. That's <laughs> a big difference. It, it was about, I mean, yeah, it's about That's this three. big. That's yeah, is that three or six? Too. Okay, it was a three U. One U, yeah. one U is a pizza and, box. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was about, yeah. I guess it was a three U then, and you know, it, it, that's just a matter of how much space it takes up in your rack for anybody not familiar who's never had to actually rack uh, servers before. But it was basically just a BSD box that, that they put into into a rack case, and uh, we we were working with the early engineers and everything around the company when we we're using it in our environment. And like I said, it was it was an enterprise environment, lots of traffic, so they were they were very interested in how we we're using it, and just the things you could do with it is it was just like I. It's weird, like when you get into operations, you get into these little niche areas like load balancers and and things like that that just become fascinating, and you, you can spend so much time in just like just this one little niche area of hardware. Sorry, I, I derailed. Uh, that it's true. Bit. I mean, operations yeah. is that's where I started, and that's what got me into tech really heavy. Yeah, if you don't have a full time ops person, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, inside joke. Eric's not laughing. <laughs> So anyway, he's actually I, crying. Why is Eric crying? So I'm I'm looking at this GitHub engineering post and the detail they go into with having their load balancer open sourced and the different ways to do load balancing is there's so much information I haven't read it all, but it's very interesting yeah, this, to me. This is a white paper. This is god awful. Eh, well, I like the so, end though. Also, we're hiring. <laughs> if you got to the end of this and understood any of it, we're hiring. Note to self. 
Stop it. <laughs> Eric, Eric's not going to let me hang around with him too much longer. No. No, I, 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 already, I already have to kind of hover around another one of our people who, who's itching to go work for one of our competitors. We're at we're at Laricon and you know he's just like he's ghosting these this this other company. I'm like, stay away from them. Handing out resumes. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Hey, John. What? Are you uh are you Laravel Elite? Nope, not at all. I know Eric is. <laughs> Eric is not. <laughs> okay. You're not. You you didn't take the Laravel Elite status. Quiz? No, hell no! I didn't. I didn't take that stupid quiz. So the the reason I put this you put the ticket this, on here. The reason I put this on the Trello board is I thought it was really interesting. Um, if you recall, when I came back from Laracon, so again for our listeners, John and I we like to talk about what's going on in our life and what we're working on. Thomas is like a Nazi with the Trello board. He he wants to talk about every ticket on the Trello board. And, uh, this is good. This is getting cut. This is getting cut from the podcast. <laughs> you can you can keep going. I'm just going to cut it. Out. So, so the reason I put I, I put a, I put three cards in the Trello board because of some some incidents that came up in the Laravel community. But before we talk about all that, I wanted to prefix it with, if you recall, one of the things I talked about when I came back from Laracon this year was. A couple of people came up to me, and like I said, this was not a couple of people, a couple of groups came up to me. So it was a repeated topic that was brought up to me, not at the same time, about how it's become more and more evident of the Laravel inner circle and the Laravel elite crowd. And this is this is something that's been mumbled about for a while, and it's like, okay, you know, yeah, you know, Taylor has friends and and they're they're getting pretty tight niched and and it became evident this year at Laracon, which again until somebody brought it up to me I didn't really think about it but it was very much hey look how much uh, uh, of a titan presence there was with presenters basically the the presenters is what was brought up for for Laracon. they're like it's the same presenters it's the same people in the Laravel community coming up and presenting or it was people from Titan, which is a very, you know, which is run by Matt uh, Stoffer, who's a close friend of Taylor. Um, and so. And, and the, <clears throat> they were the and first, an all around good guy. The, yeah, but they were the first Laravel certified group, too, weren't they? One of the first, for sure. I mean, they were definitely one of the first, without question. But, you know, it, it was brought up yeah. how, like the Laravel podcast, the official Laravel podcast. They, their whole thing is okay. We're we're going to open up the Laravel podcast. We're going to start talking to people in the community, community members, and you know that's been a big thing with me. Of, you know, is Laravel really a community? And what what happened is they started retreading the same people they always talk to: Adam Bath and Jeffrey Wade. You know, it, it's always the same people all the time. Um, and this was just been brought to my attention. Well, with I. We didn't participate in any of this. I really didn't have any of an opinion on it, but it, you know, it, some people started tweeting about some of the uh, modules they were creating for Nova, and some of the Twitter people started some chatter on Twitter. It's like, hey, wait, what, what's going on? Why, why do these people have 
have Nova already and are creating components for it. And, you know, Taylor was, you know, innocently enough said, uh, it's early release. They, they got an early release. And the idea, and, and this really starts to speak more towards, okay, how much of, you know, do you want to be considered enterprise ready? How much of an official company do you want to be considered? Because if you're being considered an official company, enterprise ready company, mm. you need to be careful on how, how you preference, yeah, who you give preferable treatment to and, and why you give it to them. And there were people within the community or people within Twitter who were like, wait a minute, you're giving, you're giving XYZ. I'm not going to name names, but you're, you're giving XYZ a head start in this ecosystem that you created because Nova's not a free product. You're giving them a head start in creating these, these add-ons, these additions to, to your, your paid product before anybody else has a chance to do anything. And it, and it became this big you know, hubbub. And again, the whole inner circle Laravel elite uh, you know, issue was brought up because of the people who, who had this, this access. So there's all this. And then uh, the, uh, Samantha, do you, do you know how to pronounce your last name? G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-I-G-E-
what, $15 to throw the domain up and get it hosted and have everyone paying attention to her, which is always a good personal goal for a web mm-hmm. developer. Yeah. So but I, I did want to ask you guys. I did want to ask cute. you guys. So, so I, I don't, I don't want to point fingers too much. I don't, I don't want to say who's wrong, who's right here. It's not what this podcast <laughs> is about. But how, how do you go? See, I just mentioned how when I worked in the enterprise, we got early versions of, of hardware. Uh, we got early versions of software. We got early versions of a lot of stuff. Now, I worked for a big enterprise company. Um, and some of these companies... We, not going to say Sony, but Sony. I'm not going to say that, but it does rhyme with phony. <laughs> uh, they, they, uh, there, were, there were vendors we were partners with that, that had us be part of the... The early access. I think there were vendors that we actually paid to be part of early access. There are vendors that came to us that wanted us to be part of their early access. So the whole idea of giving people roles as you know early access adopters is not crazy. Now that I will say, when that happened, depending on the what it was, the conditions. A lot of times there are a lot of rules around it. And one of the rules were we couldn't publicize the work we were doing on that platform. So like F5, for example, if we had some of their new hardware, we couldn't publicize the fact that we were using their new hardware. They would use it for marketing material. Like, oh yeah, this company's been using our product for the last year. Yes, we're just now releasing it, but they've been on it for the last year. Um, so there, there were some rules and regulations around being part of early access programs. What, what, what are your feelings with what, what's happened here with the no, little bit of this Nova drama and the fact that Taylor released it earlier? We can say to friends, we can say to partners, we can say however, however he decided to release it to whoever he released it to. Uh, do you feel like if he wants to be taken seriously as a company? He needs to start putting some rules and regulations around that, or do you think he's still pretty much a small business and he should be allowed to do whatever he wants? Hmm. I mean, open source says once it's out there, anyone else can just take it. This, this isn't, and specifically this the Laravel. Open source, though. No, Nova, Nova wasn't was an open source. Hmm. Yeah. I I still think it's a personality issue, man. I, I think there are ways to defuse these kinds of conversations and there are ways to aggravate them. And so frequently we see these these really pointed statements of, of frustration and anger. Um, Taylor said, I know I'm never giving anyone early access to anything ever again, yeah, to be honest. There is no question... And I'm like, There's that's, no que- question. that's hyperbolic. Taylor is, abs- as much as people give him credit for being such a great hype man, he is absolutely terrible at PR. I mean, public relations, he's, right. Just he should not be bad. doing it. And, and he, 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 I wish somebody would step in and, and help take over that role for him because he really, he, he should, he, him and Trump should have like a timer of like, 30 minutes before he, they're allowed to respond to a tweet or something or, or, or 45 minutes before they can respond to a tweet because 
they're or just like a social pilot rule that all tweets have a 30 minute delay on them or something yeah but but then you have to stop him and you're not going to he's not going to but but I, but that, that yeah I mean that, I think it's I, th- I think it's a personality that the, conflict that that to the side I mean th- how he responded to it I agree with you guys he he is not good at that he uh, we've always been pretty critical of how he talks to what I was calling the community before and now I'm just going to say customers because he doesn't really see it as a community he sees it as an ecosystem these are customers which is all the more amazing that he speaks to people this way but all that's the side i'm i'm i I don't even want to necessarily talk about it i'm saying the practice that he implemented i don't i don't engage in any of the laravel ecosystem paid Mm -hmm. products so i don't go into anything that he has developed with an expectation of support and laravel has a pretty uh well-stated position of we don't mm-hmm. support right uh what do you so mean? Can, that's can you can you give that some qualifications you can't call you can't call someone associated with the laravel project and have them fix up well bug. no more than you can any open any other open source framework i mean you open up issues well symphony symphony you can get a contract with the okay, symphony okay. foundation and get support okay. on an open source project Point taken Red Hat is Red Hat is the most successful open source based company. All of their stuff is open but, sourced. But again, you, you, you said you don't them. participate in any in any of the paid services, so you you would be going through the open source channels, which there there are there. But if right. he had it, but if he had if, that, if there would, was, would you subscribe to it? Well, no, of course okay. not. So what? what but. Because I mean, now, now I'm even more confused. <laughs> that's 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 my thing. Is that I, I that's what I was getting to. Is that if I were using the paid mm-hmm. products from my experience in Laravel, I would get the same level of support, which is to say, no official support. But wait, you don't know that because you're not part of that. So are we talking about the paid services, or are you talking about Laravel itself? I'm talking about the paid service. I'm talking about Nova specifically. I, I haven't dealt with. So, so you think so? So. F- Full, full full disclosure, we we've paid for Spark, which we actually ended, ended up not implementing, but we paid for a license, uh, and we we paid for Nova. So is your are you are you saying you don't feel confident that we as a paying customer, if we opened up an issue, it would be addressed with any other priority than anybody else opening up an issue? I really it doesn't feel like it from from my experience. I, I haven't. I really haven't seen mm-hmm. it enough, but but seeing yeah, how, seeing how Taylor addresses issues, doesn't fill me with confidence. But but that's hard when you're talking open source versus the paid service, which we haven't opened any tickets or tried to contact him over a paid service. But if he's not responding I'm, I'm, to I mean, a he, paid service, he has services over like open source, then that's a little bit and I, I don't... crazy. True. If, yeah. if I'm paying for something, I want service. I got the same issue with Google right now. Yeah, that's a good point. And I don't think he. I mean, he he has things. Good. He has. Yeah, but see, I feel like a license versus a paid monthly service. So you as a, it's not even a license issue. Like you as a customer pay monthly for Forge. If you're unhappy with that customer service, he would feel that he would feel that impact. I think Forge would feel that impact. I and, and again I. I Right, so that that's what I'm trying to get to. Is it a paid service or versus the open source service that you have an issue with? And but he doesn't 
Thomas doesn't pay for any of those services, so he doesn't know what kind of feedback or help. So he would I will get say this: there was an as issue. a business owner, as somebody who who pays for products from Laravel, from Taylor, the fact that he he is releasing things, doing an early access program that he's not making available to everybody, like giving everybody an opportunity to be part of this early access program, as a business owner who pays money to him, that's concerning. Especially if, let's let's talk about Nova, for example, because that was what was released. If I was a company, if I was a business owner who was planning on creating Nova extensions, to find out that, oh yeah, this developer over here already created 10 extensions, three of which overlap something I wanted to do because he was part of the early access program, that would upset me. And I, and I get that. I think if if he wants to if he wants to make this a business, he needs to be a little bit more professional about the way he does things. Now, with that said, I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm saying he needs to be more professional about the way he does it. And he needs to reach yeah, more transparent about the early access program. You you can you could subscribe to the early access program for whatever. If he wants to charge money for it to be right. part of the inner circle, that's one thing. But for him to to handpick a, a few people, that makes it a little more difficult. Or, or or if he were to do early access program and say, okay, I'm giving you guys early access, but whatever you build for Nova, you can't release or you can't make a paid product until two months after I release it to everybody else. You know, some mm-hmm. you have to be more professional about it. And in go ahead, Thomas. These. These okay. These are these are hypotheticals, though. There are actual issues with Nova that we that you guys have run into very quickly. Such as, I mean, I know a couple. Install but... installation. Yeah, installation updating is, is kind of is really kind of a pain. <laughs> uh, installation updating, pull requests, issues. Yeah. So it's it's not an official it's not a GitHub project. So if you have a pull request or something like that, there's no current method for submitting a pull request. And when you need to update, which by the way there were 3 updates in the last 24 hours, mm-hmm. you have to pull a zip file and unzip it to the directory but, and run but, composer but dump that, on. That's it. specific for Nova. And and that's a business decision we made as a company on you know whether or not and, and that will play into whether or not how quickly we adopt products moving forward. But Taylor addressed it. Taylor addressed it saying, yeah, adding individuals is a pain in the ass on GitHub. Yeah. Like, that was his response, which is, how much is the license? $100? The, the one we did was a $200 one because we're, we're using it for commercial purposes. So we did the right. 200 So adding adding a user from your domain to be able to download it from GitHub is just too much of a pain in the ass. And I think that's such brazen bullshit. Mm. Like for the, for the 30 seconds it would take him to actually add that user. Right, yeah. to to take an email or a form on a site. If you have to log in to download the zip file, then just add a form where a logged in user can submit a new email address and they could have up to 10 or whatever. But like seriously, that's that's a that's a quick task. You could automate that with a script. Yeah. And to yeah, say that that's, that's the reason that you have to download a zip file and yeah, three zip files today. Especially especially when it's that's, a paid product. It's like I'm paying I'm 
paying for this product. It's like I, yeah, right. I, I, I get what you're saying, and, and we, we, I, I think uh, so. Again, full disclosure: after Spark, we had. I felt like I felt like I had learned a lesson on not being so quick to jump to jump on that 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 hype train. Uh, we thought. Yeah, you got upset about the Nova hype train. Well, I did, and and I stand behind that. But with with Spark, it was one of those things where I fe- we felt like it, it addressed something we were trying to do, and once we got it and started using it, we realized the restrictions around it uh, that made it very difficult for how we wanted to use it, and ended up abandoning it. Um, now with Nova, Nova just kind of hit the nail on the head too much for us. I, I was. I was literally paying a developer to do exactly what Nova is, is an administrative uh, panel. So if all that did was give my developer a three or four day head start on, on coding, even if he has to, you know, do a bunch of manipulating with it, um, that it's probably going to be worth it to us. But I think had it not been so, so, dead on something that we were actively at that exact moment working on, I would have probably waited uh, a while before even, even getting, getting the license for it. Um, yeah. yeah. We, we could have easily saved like 80 bucks had we not had to pay someone four days to do this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I say 80, we could have easily saved 200 bucks. I mean, from what I what I've heard of this project, two hundred dollars to to get this put into your project automatically would be well worth it. But are you saying it's been a pain in the ass getting it up and running? No, 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 not at all. That, that's not what we're saying at all. Uh, what, what happened was um, to it's it's not just a composer install. So you have to download a zip file. And then you pull it into your project, and then you have to manipulate your composer to to recognize this this new Nova directory. So that's okay. I just heard you say earlier something about install, so I, I got confused. That, I guess. that was yeah, that was Thomas. And, and so, well, to me, the big issue was that the pull request that we saw had a text file of a diff attached to it because there was no way to submit a PR. No, uh, there was we, there was an I, issue. I was, I was going back to actually paying for the service. The fact that we paid two hundred dollars for it and installation might may have been difficult. No, that's not... and it sounds like we have to. So, paying two hundred dollars for it, it the, the things you have to do to get it working is not that is not a pain a pain point. No, it, ha- it hasn't. No, been keeping yet. it updated is a pain yeah. Point. So that that's the issue right now is the updating. So just today he released like three versions. As as PRs came in, as issues came in, and PRs were were submitted, uh, he released three versions. So from this morning to this afternoon, you know you've had if you were keeping current, you know, you would have downloaded the the project three three times and have to deploy it. But the reality of it is, you just now, that's, just let it go so, for a little while. Mm, see, I, I I knew you were going to say that. Here's my issue: is that yeah, it just released yesterday, so of course there's going to be three changes today for newly discovered sh- stuff. But my issue is that Laravel 5.3 mm-hmm. 
had a day where it had three different versions released in one day because of a rollback and then a re-update and a rollback again. So it's not impossible that you're going to have to update three times, which is three pushes to production because it's not a composer update. That's it's fair. a full-on part That's of your fair. Git package. I, I, I hear what you're saying. It's, it's a fair point. I mean, I, I hope it's something that he addresses. I hope he I hope he does look at fixing that. But, yeah, it's a fair point. It's, it, keeping it keeping that package current is is going to take us out of the realm of our normal workflow right now, which is basically just running composer upgrade. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a pain in the ass. Moving on, I have one final wonderful okay, topic well. for us tonight. In the past, we talked about uh, tabs versus spaces. But one of the conversations that we've never had is about comments in code. Okay. I think I like I think I like this topic. I read I read a wonderful article by Matthias Novak where he addresses how to use the concept of no comments in code to address code smells in your code. And well, then his title is very confusing. It's very, a terrible terrible title. <laughs> it's not even misleading just Irrelevant to the whole conversation. The rest of the article is about something completely different. The title is More Code Comments, and the article is about how using the feeling of needing to comment on your code is actually a form of detecting code smells, and there's two excellent ways of addressing that, and they're, it's fantastic. It's a great article. Um, but the, the core, the foundation of the article is that if you feel like you need to comment your code, then your code is not clean enough in the first place. You should not need to comment your code. I'm wondering if you guys hold that opinion. Correct. So I, I was a perpetual code commenter. I love commenting code. I would write novels of comments. And I felt, it made me feel like I was doing more coding. Um, Jeffrey Way, actually, of, of all, all people, and Laracast was the first person I heard who brought up the idea of if you write clean code, it shouldn't need to be commented on. And from that point on, I, I started looking more into this and, and started to agree more with it. I, initially, my thoughts were, no, you should always comment. You should always make it clear what's happening when it's happening not leave it up for interpretation because maybe you comment what you want to do, but you code it wrong. And when somebody reads that, they say, oh, they were trying to do X, Y, Z. This is why this isn't working. And that, that was always my mindset is the more comments, the better. Let people know where you're at, where, you're, where your state of mind is as you're coding this next block to make it clear to them why the code looks the way it is and, and if it's actually doing what it's doing. But the more I got into, and, and this was when I was doing a lot of procedural code, before I was doing a whole lot of object-oriented. It carried over when I did object-oriented programming. Um, but once I got more into frameworks, especially Cake, uh, Slim, uh, Laravel, it became more apparent to me that if you write really clean code, you shouldn't need to comment. And I, I, that's kind of where I'm at now. I still comment from time to time, and I still feel like I leave unnecessary, unnecessary comments. 
Uh, I just did today, for example, because I wanted to save some data sets to uh, MySQL, and then I wanted to save the same data to a NoSQL database. And for no reason at all, I wrote the comments, save to MySQL, and then save to MongoDB above those code blocks. Even though it, it should be perfectly clear, obviously to anybody reading the code, that's what I'm doing. I went ahead and, and wrote wrote those comments. Um, so I, I I'm still I still write unnecessary comments. I try to honestly leave my comments to my IDE, like have my IDE generate any comments it feels it needs, and not tr try not to add to it. Isn't that TJ Miller's thing? Clean code. Yeah. Isn't he, the he's writing the whole. Uh, book right now on, on writing clean code and the comments are so unnecessary I've been working on removing comments because I, I, as I'm looking through the code base I work in primarily it's code that is very obvious or there, it's comments where the code is very obvious what it's doing and when the comments are out of sync with what the code does that's where there's so much confusion and, and the point isn't necessarily to get rid of all comments. It's to make your comments m more meaningful. If your code is readable, which is really one of the things comments. that throws me still to this day, it throws me off with annotations and how much logic actually happens in annotations. And to me, they're oh, just they're comments. So you're not a fan worst. of annotations, huh? It's interesting. Mm -mm. I I don't think I am. God, yet, no. but... What about what about in PHP Unit? Huh? I'm just. What about in PHP Unit? I'm just curious on your take there. PHP Unit is a different universe entirely. Well, so I, I'm I, fine I, with annotations there because PHP Unit is meant to take up eight gigs of RAM and run for forty minutes. Yeah, but so I've always been a. I've always used PHP Unit straight up. Like my 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 test or my function name is test blah blah blah. No underscores. It's very, it, the function name begins with test. And then other people on the team that joined recently started writing, it can blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I think that's a PHP spec type exactly. of naming methodology. But then they annotate, yeah. they, they annotate it with at test so that PHP unit right. knows to run right. it as a test method. And, and it's like, just blows my mind. I'm used to using the PHP unit, um, set up before class or whatever those method names are and instead they have a whole different naming scheme and then they annotate it with before and after well, class that's the whole uh, thing that blows my mind with with doctrine too and the whole how much of your database logic is in annotations it just yeah. it's absolutely mind-blowing and, and it it seems like i don't know man it's it, that's just too much magic for me. I mean, I'm like, how the hell is that working? No, that's, that's crazy. That's stupid magic. I hate that so much. Doctrine drives me crazy because it's got literal logic in commented out code that should never be read or executed. I, uh, it drives me crazy. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, don't know. I, I want to get into annotations because it, it's so prevalent in PHP. It's like... Uh, you know, if you're not using something like a Laravel framework that has active records, you know, Symfony has has a Doctrine, and I mean, they have an active record um, plugin as but well. But Symfony got away from the annotation system, though. Symfony Did is they? using a 
<clears throat> yeah, Symphony is using a newer version of Doctrine that doesn't require the annotations to function correctly. And really? its code base, I believe its code base was rewritten to not use annotations. Wow. Okay. I, I, I was not aware of that. that that's news to me. Um, well, as far as just pure comments go, uh, Matthias here gives three categories of comments, which is explanatory comments, explaining why something's being done, to-do comments, which are, I need to get this done, and WTF comments, which are, <laughs> which are, I don't know why this works, do not touch it, we'll never rewrite this, it is made of thin <laughs> glass. Don't walk on it, it will break any second. So, so the to-do comments, I've always been interested in because that has built-in functionality into IDEs, but I never use them. Yes, I do. Do you? But, but the problem is people write them, but they never go back and fulfill the to-dos. That, it's that like, was my next question. Have you ever actually closed a to-do that you put in code? I'm sure I've closed some, but the vast majority is like, oh, I should probably fix it. It's, uh, what's, what's the freaking term now? It's... Uh, debt. It's technical debt. You're just adding debt to your code. You know that needs to be done. I think in, in a in a lightly used open source project, a to do is nice because it gives the other people in the project something to do. Mm, where you're saying I'm that. not devoting my time to this. Here's the way it should work. If you're interested, do it yourself. But I also have a pattern where I will. When I'm creating a new controller, I will comment the entire controller first and then fill in the comments. So I'll do to-dos for everything that the controller is going to need to do. Yeah, and then I'll, go, and then I'll right. scroll back up to the top and fill it out one at a time. That's a Jeffrey that, that, way of doing it, isn't saying, it? As it? That's exactly what I was about to say. That, that's, again, Jeffrey Way's practice. I might have gotten it, it from him. Yeah. I mean, I like that. Like, here's the step by step of what I'm going to do, but it's not so much of leaving it in the code base, which is what happens too often. It's like I make this work and make a comment of, "Yeah, I needed to do this later." Like, I need to change how this query works because it's very inefficient now. I know it's inefficient, but I don't want to take the time to fix it right now. But it never gets fixed. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this article actually specifies three types of to-do comments. One of them is the to-do comment was never intention of future work. It was actually an apology in disguise. That's, yeah, I, I see those. That makes right. sense. The work is to be done, but it's too much and it never will be. Right. So to-do, rewrite using twig. <laughs> Just rewrite the whole system. To-do. And the to-do comment marks some technical debt that was introduced. The work will also never be done. Yeah. So basically, to-do is never to be done. Yeah. Which isn't how I use it because I like using the IDE functionality of it. But when a, when a to-do comment has survived multiple commits, something is wrong in that place. Uh, and, and I think the WTF comments are self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah. We've all, we've all seen those. But... To me, the interesting part of this article was the fact that there's two concepts of the explain, don't explain, or explain, don't comment. Um, the example that's given here is that you need to check if, if, it's, if a certain time is within business hours. So the initial version says, 
if hour less than nine or hour greater than 17, then you're in the off hours. It's not business hours. Um, and if you were to summarize the requirements there, you would have a new method that said if this hour is between 9 and 17, but then you still have to explain why you're doing that. It's for the off hours. So the second option is that you want to represent the higher order concept. You want to represent what it is you're actually checking. So the correct method name should be if is an off hour date hour, then do this thing. And I, I really like this this mentality of don't just consider when you're consolidating parts of your code, don't consider the fact that you're taking two things and squeezing them together. Consider why it is you're squeezing them together and name it appropriately. Right. If you have to comment in your code, it's probably not readable or it's the comment is part of your business logic that could be put into code to make it more understandable, more readable. But I think there's a fallacy here too, which is that people who are working on something that they say is theirs or they don't care if other people understand it will end up feeling like they don't need to comment their code and their code will end up being dirty because of it. I think you should still feel compelled to comment your code to explain things, but after you write the comment, figure out why you felt that comment was necessary to explain what, you, what it is you're doing. I, in a shop where there's not a lot of developers or people are working on stuff that's their project, quote unquote their project, people will write confusing code because they don't feel the need to comment and, and they because they don't feel the need. Minute. Right. So I think you should still feel compelled to comment on every line of your code, but don't write the comment, write the code to self-comment. And I think when you say when you say no commenting in your code, when you say don't comment in your code, the thing that gets lost in translation is make sure your code is self-commenting. You know what I mean? Make it readable. I mean, it goes back to T.J. Miller's book. What's it called? Base Code? Eric, do you, do you know the name of it? Off, I'm, I'm not sure. Off the top of your head. No, I don't. Ah, you're killing me. I know, and, and I'm you're, a fan of T.J. Miller's too, and I don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to find it, hopefully, before we get too far. Yeah, Base Code. Oh, it's not T.J. Miller. Oh, I'm an idiot. It's, it's J-Mac. <laughs> it's J-Mac. It's, it's J Mac makes a lot uh, more sense. I mean, not not to I'm discount so, T J Miller, he, but it's uh, it's not. I'm sorry. It's definitely something more down J Mac's uh, J Mac's uh, yeah. area. Yeah. No wonder okay. I couldn't find it earlier when I was when I was searching T J Miller. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> J Mac. I'm an idiot. Both J Max and T J Miller will be speaking at Wave PHP this year. We're going to have them just fight it out at this point. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There, there, there will there will be an octagon on the stage, okay. and <laughs> so we're clear here. J Mac is Jason McCreary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, he, and he's got an awesome and, book. And, and TJ Miller is not the, is not the TJ Miller from Deadpool. We should we should put that out yeah. there as well. But Jason McCreary has an awesome book called Base Code. It's all about making your code readable. Uh, and I completely got the author wrong. <laughs> I'm an idiot. And he'll be he'll be presenting writing code that lasts in room A Friday September twenty first at three p.m. 
We need some. We need some very creative. We need some very creative editing on this episode. I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't worry, that won't happen. <laughs> as soon as I said it had to be yes. creative, it's like Actually, nope, not gonna happen. As soon as you said editing. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna line up the clap checks, all three of them, and then just run it, run it while I'm working. Just let it run. Background yeah. noise, baby. Yep. I got uh, I got Sonic. You guys you see? This is how much I I loved. I get I get Sonic. It's uh, it's 11:40 at night here at the coast, and my kids just came back from seeing Phantom of the Opera, and they brought me my little Sonic lemon lime drink. Is it lemon lime and bourbon? Yeah, it is now. I got a significant amount of scotch <laughs> in me. So. <laughs> It's a, it's a mix after drink. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, are we done? You know it's time we're, for we're, doom and gloom. What? We're an hour and a half. In. You are it's out like of your freaking mind. Right? It's time for. It's time to wrap up. What are you talking about? Today, today Why? a study was released. Why are you talking? That stated that no amount of alcohol is good for your overall health. Any previous studies touting the benefits of a glass of wine? You've been a listening day to PHP Ugly. I'm John. We're in fact wrong. There is no safe level don't of drinking. Get, don't have people sober up. Nobody will listen to us. We we still highly encourage people to drink heavily. <laughs> okay. Your nickname still isn't nobody, despite how much you protest. <laughs> All right, that's it. All right, episode one eighteen. We're done. Uh, Top check. We're done. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm John Cogden. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.